Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, your Texas football blanket fort. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or or you are listening you got it. Or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show and making us the voices coming out of your phone. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Hi. Hi. <laughs> what were you fixing to say? I was fixing to say... Today is Tuesday, January 19th, 2021, 310 days till Thanksgiving, episode 1097, 1097, the Will Venable episode. Yes? Today's the weirdest feeling Tuesday. Like, because yeah. for about, like, my, my, my brain clock is off for a lot of reasons. Yeah. One of them is that we just did state championship games, and... Um, normally state championships go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. This was just Friday, Saturday. Then we had the holiday on Monday, right? So now... So we got a full... We got a weekend. Like, we got a right, normal weekend. Right. I'm not used to that. But it's Tuesday, and it's halfway through January, and it's 2021, and everything is confusing. Right. This is This is the alternate timeline that we were warned about. Yeah. We're in the upside down. We are in the upside down. We are in the upside down. My yeah. yeah, I was I was real confused this weekend. Yeah, I've like you sent the you <laughs> you sent the little clip of we're, um, not, we're going not going to church, church today. today. It's Saturday, Saturday, the only good Twitter account. Yeah, and it was, at no church today on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> they, tweet, they was, tweet once a week. It's the same time. It's nine a.m. on, on Saturday. Saturday. It's the same tweet, which is a, a clip from The Simpsons of uh, everybody loves Ned Flanders. Anyway, go on. Yeah, that, like, I saw it 30 minutes before you sent it in the Slack, and I was like, oh, this was actually super helpful today, yeah. because I didn't think that it was Saturday, because mm-hmm. we were getting ready to go to state championship games, which the game started but at the, 1, so that was second, all weird, too. And it was the second day, which in your brain means Thursday, but it's actually Saturday. I don't know. <sighs> Do we have first four through the door? <laughs> Welcome to the off season, folks. <laughs> 
Uh, we do. It's Rob Hadaway, Aaron Arbuckle, Ed McElroy, and Tony Blaylock. Tony with a funny comment, too, saying it's Christmas this weekend, which uh, feels, feels right. like but kind of feels like I didn't get you anything, though. Yeah. I have something for you, and I keep forgetting to bring it. It's not actually for you. It's for Hank. But we'll, I'll remind me to tweet me tomorrow morning. And do you want me. me to tweet no, you No, I want the morning? people. You'll forget. I want the people who will actually remember to tweet me. Okay. At I Matt s- underscore step 817 is her Twitter account. Yeah. Uh, on today's show, friends, we are going to take a look back at UIL State and what we saw in the four state championship games at AT&T Stadium, the final four Texas High School Bowl games of the season. And then back out the show, we will have our final Tuesdays. edition of our weekly conversation. Tuesdays. With the Hall of Famer Craig Wabe, who called three of the four state championship games there at AT&T Stadium. He had Arlington. to find time. <laughs> he's, he it's a good to, thing he's good at buffering. He had to stretch. He had to vamp a little bit. <laughs> he had to vamp. We'll talk about that coming up here at the back half of the show. First, Pickle, let's get back to AT&T Stadium. Let's talk about what happened there at AT&T Stadium. And, and before we get to everything and all the games individually... Um, I think that it is easy to look at the at the four state championship games we just had and kind of think, well, that was anticlimactic. Because, look, the four games were decided by an average of 33 points, okay? They were all pretty, and, and, and even some of the games were not, the scores were not as, as like, indicative of how, how much domination there was. Oh, yeah. And we can talk about why that is. We've got a whole offseason to talk about why that is. But I think one thing to remember, guys, is we have to think about this collectively. We have to think about all 12 of the state championship mm-hmm. games. Which and you've bangers. got And you've got to remember that both the 2A games, mm-hmm. for different reasons, Winthor's crazy upset, upset, upset yeah. win over, over Mart. And then I've, I've, I got a lot of value watching Shiner and Post. Mm-hmm. Because um, I just I enjoyed watching the um, the just the, the show that Shiner put on, mm-hmm. um, and then both three A games. I don't think I need to tell you were bangers, bangers, right? Canadian Canadians win over Franklin, and then um, uh, Jim Neds win over Hallsville. I thought the Carthage game over with Gilmore was interesting, if only to see the machine work. Right. Um, yeah, it was a blowout, but that one was almost. That one was still fun to it was watch. Surgical, because you know? it was like this. You're watching just like a masterpiece right. down on the That's field. That's what it was. Then uh, and then you know Argyle Lindale, you know it, it was it was okay. It was it was it was Argyle probably the dud away, of the weekend. Then, uh, Argyle pulled away and then then kind of held him at arm's length. You when you take into account all twelve of the state championship games, I think it was a relatively average, if or maybe slightly below average of, as far as game quality is concerned. Um, I think that we because we got all the bangers out of the way in December, mm-hmm. and it's now been a month, and we're specifically not specifically that second day. Yeah, we, we haven't thought about it because of that. We're just kind of like I think we forget that we have to think of them collectively. So yes, I don't disagree with you if you're thinking, man, these five A and six A games kind of duds. I don't disagree with you, but I do think that it's interesting that that we got to think about it collectively. So let's go through them. We'll start. We'll go in chronological order. We'll start five A Division two, Alito. Uh, with their 10th state championship, they beat Crosby 56 to 21. Give Crosby a lot of credit. They came out from the jump, and I thought they had a pretty good game plan uh, from the beginning of getting their guys out in space, and it worked. It worked for a cup for the first couple drives. They took a 14-7 lead. Yeah. Okay. But I'll also be honest, and I'm watching this game, and 
I'm looking at the way Crosby's moving down the field, mm-hmm. and I'm watching Alito do work, and I'm going, this is not sustainable for Crosby. No. This is not. Because what we had kind of th- talked about, Pickle, mm-hmm. the big advantage that Alito was going to have in this game was up front. Yep. And for Alito, they can make some defensive adjustments to get Crosby out of rhythm, and they ended up coming up with a couple of key turnovers that really t- t- change the tide of the game. Mm-hmm. They did that. There wasn't. I. I just think. I just think Alito outmanned Crosby up front. Right. And at that point, they let Demarco Roberts run run wild, um, and it was kind of over from there. Yeah, this one had big Carthage Gilmer vibes to it because yeah. it was interesting. Like we got we got a, at least like a solid quarter of football, and that right. you know the underdog kind of takes the lead, and you're going, ooh, can can we do this? And then. You just, I think you really got to see in this one how disciplined Alito is. Absolutely. And especially their offense gets a lot of, you know, push with, with DeMarco Roberts doing what he did. But I feel like on the defensive side of the ball, they knew that they had two threats that they had to take away on that Crosby team, and they took them away from the get-go. 100% right. And, and I think that that was really, it was very impressive to watch them work. Um, and the defense really to, to, to I think, get used to and, and become acclimated to what Crosby wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then once they did that, they were able to really lock down on them. Right. And then the, the offense continued to do what they did. And they ran away with it. Uh, they get their uh, tenth their record 10th state championship, Alito, 56-21 winners in the 5A Division two title game over Crosby. Um, so now let's go to the nightcap. Now, uh, and, and one thing before I leave that. Okay. I think going into the weekend, mm-hmm. we looked at Alito Crosby and we were like, maybe it might be a blowout. Mm-hmm. Might be. I thought, that, I thought if you were talking about a game with a clear favorite, mm-hmm. I think this was the game with the clear favorite. So yes. I'm not disappointed in this game, really. I, I don't think that I would categorize myself as disappointed. No. I think that this was about what we thought it was, and, and, then, we moved, and then we moved on to the other three games, mm-hmm. which I think I would categorize as maybe a, I'm a little, a little bit disappointed, disappointed that mm-hmm. these games didn't live up to what we thought they Specifically were. Specifically this next one. So 5A Division One, Denton Ryan uh, beats Cedar Park. Uh, 59 to 14 and <clears throat> this was disappointing for me to me this was there was there were a couple of ways this game could have gone and fundamentally what what the like the and and both of the both of the answered both the questions got answered in the absolute best possible way for Denton Ryan mm-hmm. which was a could they slow down and and rattle pressure make uncomfortable Ryder Hernandez mm-hmm. with their front four and get pressure and come up with big plays defensively check they absolutely did their defense really stymied uh Cedar Park a team that by the way had really been rolling offensively we, we talk a lot about the defense we'll talk about them in a second uh but that was to me an extremely impressive uh you know performance defensively this is a Cedar Park team that the lowest amount of points that they had scored in a game you got to go all the way back to their opener when they scored 21 points mm-hmm. you know what i mean like and that was against uh that was against uh, 6A Vandegrift yeah. you know what i mean this was a very impressive defensive performance from from Den Ryan and i don't want to put that aside but it's the other side that to me was a little bit surprising and 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 if you're looking for a competitive game you could argue was disappointing, mm-hmm. which was Denton Ryan's offense got cooking, and 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 in a lot of ways, 
They they got the running game going early. Kiori Hicks got going early. Seth Hennigan made some big time throws, mm-hmm. and they got and and in the end, the receiver core for Denton Ryan was, in my opinion, the difference. They they exposed the defensive backs there. What, were you a little confused when they were double teaming Billy Bowman and it, leaving Jatavian Sanders just wide open? Well, almost? it wasn't wide open. They were they were singling him up. They were singling. They were putting right. they were putting bracket coverage on Billy Bowman, and I think it's because he's their fastest receiver. Right. True. Yeah. And they were thinking we got to keep everybody in front of us. He's the guy who's going to get behind us. We'll take our chances one on one with Jatavian Sanders. Sanders. Yeah. It didn't end up mattering because they got a lot of they got a big game from basically the rest of the receivers. Receiver core. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Is the depth of receiving options that they have right. was so impressive, and so as a result, you know, Denton Ryan runs away with it. And, and 59-14, and and I'll be honest, it was about that close. Mm-hmm. Like especially there in that second half, where Denton Ryan, it looked like they were just an they were a runaway freight train. Mm-hmm. They looked they looked the part of the best team in five A Division one. They go wire to wire at number one in five A Division one, and I would say they are. I still think Carthage is pound for pound the best team in the state. I agree. I think Denton Ryan's put themselves in the conversation that we need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I thought what they did last week or this this past week against against Cedar Park was extremely impressive. And if you want to say that Denton Ryan is clearly the best team in 5A Division One, I, I will not argue with that. No, not um, at all. You know, you go back. I, I think that Alito... Alito, obviously they, they won their, their title. I would still like to see Alito Ennis, mm-hmm. but Alito wins the title. They, they beat the teams in front of them. They don't need to apologize for that. For Denton Ryan to come through the toughest region, to play some of the toughest teams, mm-hmm. and, to get, and to get through to a state championship and win it in emphatic fashion, I think they've vaulted themselves into the conversation of best pound-for-pound pound team in Texas. I think, too, and Steph and I kind of talked about this on the instant reaction, but it was like we, you have seen Denton Ryan and specifically this group of seniors maybe be a little snake bitten. Mm-hmm. And to me, the performance that they had at AT&T on Friday night was them going out there and saying, we are not letting this happen again. I think, it I think, was I think determination. There was, I think you're right. I think there was a certain level of catharsis there mm-hmm. for Denton Ryan. Like they were going to just roll no matter what. Of 2016 they mm-hmm. get they get uh they get beat by uh, Highland Park. Twenty seventeen they get beat by Highland Park. Twenty eighteen they get beat by Highland Park. Twenty nineteen, they they, I don't think pl- they get to a title game. I don't think they play particularly well against mm-hmm. Shadow Creek. But they had the chance. Had a chance right at the, at the end. This felt like a team that was fully engaged from the word go. Mm-hmm. And a lot of credit to Dave Hennigan and that coaching staff for having them prepared uh, to go out there and, and really dominate. In the end, I think that, and this is not a knock on Cedar Park, I don't mean it as a knock on Cedar Park. Cedar Park is a team of worker bees. Bunch of guys, really good football players, all mm-hmm. do their jobs. Yep. Denton Ryan's team is superstars. Yes. And in the end, I think the superstars went out. Mm-hmm. So, then we moved to Saturday. And in the 6A Division 2 state championship game, Katie... Uh, exacts a little bit of revenge if you care about what happened in 2014. Uh, they exact a little bit of revenge and they beat Cedar Hill 51 to 14. And um, this one was a bruiser. This game was not as close as that. I mean, this game was 34 nothing before. Yeah. I mean, this game this game was 34 nothing before Cedar Hill scored. Mm-hmm. I mean, every score in this game for Cedar Hill was cosmetic. Yep. Um, I mean, this was this was. Katie's one of the most complete teams I've seen 
all year. I mean, that is a complete team. Everything they do, they do really well. That offensive line, of course, is grinding it out. The running game was exceptional with Seth Davis and Jalen Davis, both over 100 yards. Um, you know, they were they were spectacular. Uh, they did not ask Caleb Coger to do a ton, Mm-mm. but he, but again, he, he does came his job big. well. <laughs> and and a ton of credit goes to the Katie uh, offensive like game planning. Gary Joseph and that staff, that game planning, because they knew that Cedar Hill was going to pin their ears back and come after them. They knew that it's an ultra-aggressive defensive line for Cedar Hill, and they used it against them. And that, and, and they were in that first half, and when they built up this 24 nothing lead, which in the end was more than enough, mm-hmm. um, they were killing them with draws, with screens, mm-hmm. with play action, all of these things. The play action is gorgeous. And that they, Katie were, does. they were just crushing them with those mis- those 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 kind of um, you know misdirection plays. Is, is, is the wrong way to put it, but the the plays where they are using your aggressiveness against you. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. And then there's the defense. I mean, look. The, here is the best compliment I can pay to the KD defense. They made Caden Salter look ordinary. Mm-hmm. They made him look ordinary, and no, a lot of this came down. Don't do that. A lot of a lot of this comes down to whether a lot of this came down to whether or not Cedar Hill is going to be able to find another weapon besides Caden Salter. They were not able to run the ball effectively or efficiently throughout Mm -hmm. the course of the game. The KD defense was swarming. They were making uh, Caden Salter very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. the whole game. And not letting him, they were containing him. They were mm-hmm. not letting him tuck and run and break those thirty-yard runs that we're so used to seeing him do. I mean, the guy only had forty-six yards rushing. Right. I mean, that's for for him. That that might be a season low. Right. And so, incredibly complete performance mm-hmm. from Katie. And I will say, Cedar, the lack of Cedar Hill's run game due to injuries definitely mm-hmm. played a slight factor in it but it takes absolutely nothing away like I, I feel think... like when we watched Carthage we kept saying oh like just a complete well-oiled machine and that's mm-hmm. what Katie looked like yeah. I mean you can't watch that football team play and I mean the the only thing you're going to find wrong is maybe like the most nitpicky of items because other than that it's every single phase of the ball is so well-oiled how about how about this for complete this is just one one thing that I found the box for that I didn't notice until now. Third downs. Mm-hmm. Katie goes 7 of 12. Cedar Hill goes 2 of 10. Mm-hmm. That's the whole dang story. Yep. And that's a, a level, that is a level of complete performance there that we, we've come to expect from Gary Joseph and company. And, and it, that is a, a remarkable, remarkable win mm-hmm. um, for, for, for Katie. And then we have the nightcap. <clears throat> As Austin Westlake beats uh, South Lake Carroll fifty-two to thirty-four, and and this game was not that close. This game was fifty-two yeah. to twenty-one with five minutes left in the game. The first half was this a lot game of fun. Got, this game, this game, got, they they polished this thing up at the end. But this was this was Westlake establishing their dominance early. In the th- now, third quarter, now, I would thir- say. Yeah, especially that, that third quarter. When they came so, out in the third quarter, there was so no So we got a great around. half. We got a great first half. Mm-hmm. And you saw, for both of these teams, why they were here. Mm-hmm. For both these teams. I thought Carroll, first drive, magnificent. Mm-hmm. Well scripted. They go out there. They get they get Quinn Ewers comfortable. He has time to throw. They end up punching it in with Owen Allen on a, on a touchdown run. They go up 7 nothing. First play. 
Zane Myers breaks a 75-yard touchdown run, and that whole drive evaporates. Mm-hmm. And you start to see, you're like, uh-oh. Is Southlake going to be able to, is, is Carroll going to be able to stop Westlake? Mm-hmm. And the answer ended up being no. They go back and forth. It ends up being 28-21 at halftime. A crucial uh, last-minute drive, uh, they or a, a final drive for Westlake of the first half. They go 10 plays, 75 yards, uh, eat up 532, cash in on Kate Club, makes one-yard touch mm-hmm. around to go up 28-21, and they get the ball, ball to start back. the second half. Mm-hmm. At that point, you're like, all right, you're now giving Tony Salazar a lead, the defensive coordinator for Westlake, a lead and a whole halftime to figure things out defensively, and they did. They absolutely stymied Quinn Ewers and company uh, after that. Carroll was never able to run the ball. Carroll ended up running the ball for uh, 50 yards in the game. Okay, mm-hmm. It was all Quinn Ewers. And Quinn Ewers, I think, if, if that's the first time you've seen the Southlake Carroll quarterback, he's worthy of the hype. That's a really good quarterback. I think that the Westlake, I think Westlake's defense made adjustments, made him uncomfortable, mm-hmm. came up with big plays that ended up uh, sealing the deal. Those those couple of interceptions in the second half made the difference yeah. to for them to tear away. away. Yeah, I thought Cade Klubnik was just spectacular in this oh, game. Oh, laser. laser 18 sharp. of 20 for 220. Uh, and then he runs for another two touchdowns, 111 yards, two touchdowns. He was spectacular. They were able to run the ball with Zane Miners. Um, this was a really impressive performance uh, from Westlake. And, and, and you know, look, I mean, Westlake, for all we talk about their defense, and their defense, again, did hold things up. Uh, um, Craig's like, where are you? Calling... In a second, um, for all for as much as we talk about that defense, let's not let's not forget that this offense was really good all year long. Uh, they end up putting up uh, 515 yards total offense and coming away, coming up with those big plays defensively to pull away. Westlake goes back to back D2 last year, D1 this year. So there it is. That closed out the 2020 Texas high school football season in 2021. Um, and yeah, we got our 12 state champions. So yeah. there they go. That's what we'll talk about for the rest of the offseason. And now we've just got to get through the shortest offseason of all time. So how about that? Easy peasy. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's our subscription package. Two magazines, including this bad boy. Look at that. Recruiting edition. That's Javian Sanders. So you can say that one aged well, huh? Years worth of exclusive <laughs> online content at TexasFootball.com. We've got a lot of great stuff coming up in the offseason. Now's a very good time to become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. And let's bring in the man who called three of those four state championship games at AT&T Stadium this past weekend. And then probably called like a Texas basketball game. A uh, sure Baylor basketball game. Baylor basketball game. I'm sure that he like pitched in and offered to call like some AAU like soccer match or something yeah. like that. Uh, the guy never sleeps. We're joined by the Hall of Famer Craig Way. Uh, Craig, did you get any sleep this weekend? Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you, you learn on planes and stuff. I was out in Lubbock Sunday morning to do a. Texas women's basketball game. I got back Sunday night, and then, as you mentioned, went up to do national radio with a great friend, Priscilla, doing the uh, mm. Baylor-Kansas game for uh, Westwood One. That was fun. Um, so, you know, you find days and moments where you can 
slip in an app here and there and, you know, catch up a little bit. So that'll happen this week at some point, especially if the uh, Texas men's basketball team keeps getting games postponed, which is now three uh, and counting after uh, both of the games this week were, were pushed back due to protocol issues at other places like Ames, Iowa, and Fort Worth. But, uh, but, but even making up for that, I've, I've worked in a couple of other women's broadcasts there. So we do what we can, but you get sleep when you can too. So let's go back to this past weekend at AT&T Stadium in Arlington uh, with the four state championship games there uh, for the Class 6A and Class 5A. You were on the call for three of them. I think what I'm what I'm what I'm sensing from a lot of Texas high school football fans is a little bit of disappointment at the way that those four games played out. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, pretty much all of them decisive victories for the the state champions. Uh, um, do you do you think it is fair, or do you think that 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 fans are justified in being a little bit disappointed that we didn't get? Uh, more competitive games uh, in in the final salvo of this very strange season. All right. I want you to listen to me very carefully on this deal now. Uh Um, You know, back in 2010, when I had been doing the Texas Longhorn football broadcast for a while, uh, the Longhorns had been to, I think it was, uh, 12 consecutive bowl games. And... We got to talking at midseason, and I hope they don't. They they, they had not beaten Oklahoma. I hope they don't wind up going to the Alamo Bowl. I mean, the uh, Holiday Bowl. San Diego's kind of damp and rainy this time of year. The broadcast booth's not very good. Blah blah blah. And they did. They wound up going to no bowl this year. And I learned new appreciation for that. That uh, I would be glad to be able to call any bowl game. Same here. With everything we've been through, we're gonna get. You know, picky now about the margin of victory. I'm just grateful, <laughs> thankful, and I think everybody else should feel similarly inclined that we got this season to the finish line mm-hmm. because it was in doubt, and we all know it was in doubt from time to time. And uh, just the fact that we got it there, yeah, sure. As a play-by-play guy, <laughs> I would like to have had better than 59 to 14 on Friday night, or you know, uh, Katie's thumping of Cedar Hill on Saturday afternoon. Hey, we had a very entertaining first half of the dodgeball. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you know, you're thankful for small things and for, for blessings because in, in August, we were wondering if we'd have regular season games to call and to watch and to follow and shows to do, let alone an entire postseason. So I, for one, am not bothered by that. It, it would have been nice to have great games, but I'm not going to get picky now. Uh, we're talking with Craig Way, the Texas High School Hall of Famer. I'm here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF Today. Okay, Craig, um, I, I, I'm going to ask you, of the four teams, I know you called three of them. I, I'm sure I know you watched the Alito and Crosby game because you're a junkie like us. Yes. Of the of the all obviously all four got got resounding victories. All four between Alito, Denton Ryan, Westlake, and Katie all got resounding victories. I'm going to put you on the spot, knowing full well that this is not a knock on the other three, and of course they are all very impressive. But was there one team this weekend that particularly impressed you with, with what you saw uh, at, in Arlington? Ryan, yeah, had to be. Uh, uh, for for a number of reasons, uh, you know, Alito getting the 10 state championships, of course, is a never before accomplished feat. 
and what Coach McCannon and Coach Good before him and Coach Buck before him have put together there in Parker County is nothing short of phenomenal record setting and all that. And they beat a good Crosby team, but it was a little bit of a Cinderella ride for Crosby. Uh, with regard to the Saturday games, I think we both kind of felt that Katie had it rolling and, and probably would be able to handle its business, which it did. And then Saturday night, it was uh, there was a lot of a novelty of what happened in the game. But I think we knew kind of going in uh, who probably, if they didn't fall all over themselves, the better team was going to be in that one. Going into Friday night's game, while Ryan may have been kind of the computer choice and the favorites, I think all of us were expecting uh, a much tighter game having seen Cedar Park play throughout the course of the season. That said, if you go all the way back to Texas football days, when we saw Ryan take apart Arlington Martin, a good, uh, you know, sweet 16 team, and 6A in Martin, they never took their foot off the gas. And if you listen to Dave Hennigan say it, you said, yeah, we got talent. Of course we've got talent. But we've got a lot more than that. We've got guys who want to work. And climate, they were business, work. You know, they weren't always perfect and made some mistakes in games, but it was never enough other than that one brief moment early in the fourth quarter in the semifinal against Summit where you really were kind of holding your breath wondering if they were going to hold on and win the game. And they left no doubt in the state championship game. In my mind, the most impressive performance of the weekend. So, so that's the teams. And now I want to get a little bit more granular and I want to talk players. Uh, uh, and I'm going to ask you which player you you came away most impressed with, and I guess we can start. Uh, I think for me it's Kate Klubnick. Uh, I, maybe it's just because we talked a lot about uh, the, the his his quarterback counterpart and Quinn Ewers, who was so impressive. Um, I came away. I knew Kate Klubnick for Westlake was uh, was really good. I thought he was absolutely spectacular on the biggest stage uh, there at AT and T Stadium in Arlington uh, with their big win. Uh, you know, I, I th- he was the guy that for me stood out on the weekend of the player that I'm going to be like, man, like I'm going to remember the way he played in that in in, in this weekend. Uh, I think it's a good call, uh, and and I've seen a lot of uh, Cage work during the year, but I can also tell you he got better as the year went on. He wasn't chopped; he got to play some. Last year, even as uh, Kirkling Michaud was was really running it for Westlake, uh, Todd Dodge's plan, his evil genius plan, all along was to get Klubnik ready to be his two-year starter at quarterback. And that's exactly what he did. And Kate played very well, made very few mistakes during the course of the year, and became better, became a better runner, uh, definitely became a better passer, became a better decision-maker. All of those things, he just grew with the position during the course of the year. And, I, and I'm in agreement with you that there was so much attention focus, and rightly so, on Quinn Ewers and everything he'd done. But I knew the guy playing quarterback at Westlake had done a phenomenal job of using really talented players around him, Zane Miners and Gray Nackmore in the backfield, Jaden Greathouse, obviously, Luke Nicholas. We didn't even see him at his best on Saturday night. He had a marvelous quarterfinal uh, performance against Steele. So, you know, they're, they're – all of that was tied to what Kate Klubnick did from taking the snaps from center. Uh, and finally, Craig, uh, we've now reached the end of Texas high school football season. Um, it's over. Twenty-one weeks later, it's done. It's dusted. We're gonna we're gonna 
put it in in the history books. My question for you is, what are you going to do now? You mean what 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 will what will the sport do going forward? I mean, what is Craig Way going to do now? Oh, oh, well, <laughs> I got a basketball game tomorrow night. Uh, I've got uh, I don't have a basketball game on on Saturday, so that will be something different. Uh, and then uh, and then I've got plenty of basketball to come. I've got college baseball coming up. That's just around the corner. Hey, I'm looking at returning to the to the scene of the great triumph uh, of of Tepper uh, bending me his World Series tickets at Globe Life Field because. The uh, the Big Twelve and the SEC are supposed to have a, a, a SEC Big Twelve Challenge baseball event to kick off the baseball season if it doesn't get us set aside because of the pandemic, where you could see six of the top ten teams in the nation play in that event at Globe Life. It was great to go to Globe Life and see the World Series uh, there. Can you imagine how excited I'd be to get to Globe Life and call a ball game? From there, so that's on the horizon as well. So there's stuff to do. There's still stuff to do. Well, I'm envious. I'm just going to yeah, sit that's here. Awesome. I'm just going to sit here and be bored. Uh, he's Craig. Way. I'll tell you what I won't be doing. I'll tell you what I won't be doing. I won't be emptying any diaper pails like some other guys I know. Let's <laughs> go do it for Craig Way, Texas football <laughs> Hall of Famer. He he's he's traditionally joined us every Tuesday during the football season. We'll see if we renew that contract for next year. Craig, appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, have a good call uh, this week, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking soon. You're a good father, Ted. <laughs> Bye, Thanks, Beth. There he goes. Bye, Bagel. Gregway, the Texas High School Hall of Famer, with the season finale of Tuesdays. Weekly visit with Gregway here on Texas Football Today. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, so a question coming in that I know that we've discussed as a staff. Mm-hmm. Um, how many teams have won in Division Two? And yes. then Division One. Did we ever find out so, the official number on I, that? I do not have an official number yet. I want to do some research on that. I because will... that's something that went underrated this entire weekend. For sure, <laughs> is Westlake won in Division Two, and then they won in Division One. And so now, now we had it the reverse this week or this year because Carthage was the defending 4A Division One state mm-hmm. champs. They drop down a classification, and they win in 4A Division Two. Which, I'm sorry, I'm not as impressed about. So, right, no, 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 and that's fair, <laughs> It's right? huge to move up. Right, right. As far as uh, enrollment is concerned, you know, technically, if you're moving down, it theoretically should be easier. I'm mm-hmm. taking nothing away from them, obviously. But the last time this happened was with, of course, Lake Travis. Mm-hmm. It had to be. Lake, Westlake has now matched what Lake Travis did. When they're dry for five, I believe the first cha- uh, championship they won was 5A Division Two, which was the highest, or uh, 4A Division Two, And then the next year they won 4A Division One. Mm-hmm. At some point, it's either 2007, 2008, or 2008, 2009. Around there, they make the leap up and, um, and, and do it. That's the last time it happened. It is pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to dig in and figure out exactly how long it's been. But uh, that is a good off-season project because, yep. guys, got nothing but time. <laughs> nothing but time now. Yeah, I feel like that was a storyline that went pretty Oh yeah, pretty underrated. Especially, I don't know if it's just in my brain, but to do it in the top classification. Absolutely. Like, it's maybe one thing if you're going like, Okay, you're well, going to a division two to three division. And you know, like the other thing about it, the other thing that I'll say, that's all. That's especially even more impressive 
is is the the last two wins, mm-hmm. North Shore and then Carroll. That's as good of a. I mean, those are those are two of the four or five best. I mean, I I think Westlake's win over North Shore probably counts as the biggest, the most impressive victory for a Texas high school football team this season. Oh yeah, because I think, for example, I think North Shore is probably the second best team in six A. Mm-hmm. My opinion. Um, but so for them to get that win, and then you add in to go the next week and go and do what they did to South Lake Carroll, mm-hmm. is incredibly impressive. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think that, and we'll have a lot of time to break all that down over the course of the off season. But but yeah, I think that we need. I I do want to do some research and figure out exactly how how many times it's happened. That yeah. It's moved up a division. And then I just felt like yeah, that got left out just with yeah. with everything going on Absolutely. with it being the final game, the dodgeball, the all of that. It's like hey, Westlake also did this other thing that's pretty cool. Pretty darn impressive. <laughs> Very impressive. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Oh, I have a text from Craig Way. I mentioned on the telecast on Saturday that Westlake joined four other schools to win both divisions of the highest classification. Louisville, Midland League, Katy, South Lake Carroll. Now, I need to go figure out what order it was because mm-hmm. maybe they dropped down. But there you go. They are now one of five teams to wow. do it. Very, very Another cool. Impression. Thanks, Thank you, Craig. Craig. Thanks for watching. <laughs> uh, I did all the whole spiel. For Ashley, thanks to Craig Way for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.